Hi folks, this is Jesse Chen. Thanks for giving me a few minutes to connect the dots. If we step back from the day-to-day -day nonsense of the our team versus their team, go red, go blue, our side has no problems type of politics, we can see a larger and quite frankly more interesting picture emerge about how our politics are changing in the United States. For decades, conservatives have been known to prioritize the Constitution, or religion, over human rights, equality, and justice, while liberals have been known to prioritize expanding human rights, equality, and justice regardless of the conflict with the Constitution or religion. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but generally speaking, this is the pattern of behavior by conservatives versus liberals in regards to these topics. Yet in recent days, we've learned that 51% of Trump supporters believe that the president should have the right to overturn court decisions. Now, the political left dismisses this as authoritarianism and fascism, but the truth is that this is actually a dismissal of checks and balances in the three branches of government. And if you think they're the same thing, they pretty much are, but they are more likely to be processed by a conservative mind when framed in the latter rather than the former because of conservatives' respect for the Constitution. So combine this dismissal of the Constitution along with the prioritization of a strong centralized presidential power uh, versus a Congress or the courts. And this is alone a fascinating development for conservatives in general. But this is only the beginning, right? Because for years, liberals have looked to big federal government for making progress on their issues. Often they've ignored the state and local level. In the, prog in the process, Democrats now only fully control four states in the United States. And now we're seeing progressives at large beginning to really understand the need to take their fight at the local and state level and to the Congress because they can't make progress at the national level. They don't control the White House. They don't control the Congress, even despite the fact that 60% of America tends to favor progressive policies. Now, this is nothing short of remarkable. It's a dramatic flip of the script. And any honest analyst will tell you that most of what President Trump is doing via his executive, or executive orders are short-term solutions precisely because they can be undone by the next president. So that begs the question, you know, are these constitutional? Some of them are constitutional. Others are questionable, which is what we're seeing play out with the courts now. But ultimately, it's Congress that isn't taking action. And are they getting off the hook? I, I don't know. But it strikes me as yet again another weak Congress, and we haven't had a strong Congress in several years in the United States. One might argue that our democracy is failing because our Congress isn't representing the will of the people or taking true action, and, and that's the way it's been for almost 10 years. I mean, instead, we're seeing, you know, elected stand up in there and name post offices and highways. It's no wonder they have such a low approval rating when they're not doing anything. We haven't had a real budget that's invested in the American people in quite some time. But for the first time since 2008 to 2010, one party has control of the White House and the Congress. The last time that happened was with the Democrats when Barack Obama got into power in 2008 and had complete control of the Congress until 2010. As you'll recall from that event, they used that complete control to push through Dodd-Frank financial reform regulations as well as Affordable Care Act 
uh, now known as Obamacare. So now the White House and the Congress are yet again controlled by uh, a single party. This time it's the Republicans. And one has to ask, what will be done with this power? Will they take formal action on their legislative priorities or will they let Trump do the dirty work? And when I say dirty work, I mean, will they let Trump act on the conservative priorities so they don't have to vote on it? If the Congress acts on their legislative priorities, will these votes come back to haunt them uh, in two to four years? I'm one of the people who believes that there is an inevitable liberal backlash that's going to happen in two to four years. I believe strongly that whether it's 2018 or 2020, you will see a Tea Party of the left arise against Congress uh, in these, uh, it, regardless of the party. And already we are seeing how people are rising in their local communities, going to town halls and berating their elected officials on both the Republican end of the aisle and the Democratic end of the aisle. And that spells trouble for incumbent candidates in 2018. Um, so I think there's a very good chance that if the, the, this, this effort continues um, by President Trump and, and, and the hard right agenda in the federal government, that we will see a liberal backlash. Um, Republicans have complete control of the White House, the Senate, the House of Representatives. They should be using this time to enact all the legislation and policies they care about. Democrats have no control. Um, they should be using this time to reflect carefully about why they continue to not inspire or motivate people to engage. They should throw out some of those old assumptions and long-held beliefs and start fresh. It is unbelievable that they continue the same old top-down style of leadership in the Democratic Party. Why they continue to embrace big business when they are not the Republican Party. Republicans believe in big business. They believe in trickle-down economics. Democrats are not supposed to believe in these things. And yet, we have a party that continues to do so, continues to say, just trust us. We don't need you besides voting for us once every two to four years. Now they're in the minority, and we're seeing a different game play out. Democrats should use this time to organize at state and local levels around a vision and set of values that is more different than simply republicanism plus gender equality, gun reform, and political correctness. That's not enough. What we need, as I've said in other episodes, is a trans-local movement, meaning that you have a movement in New York City, you have a movement in you know, any town USA, you have a movement in San Francisco and in Chicago and in Dallas. That's what you need. You need local movements, not relying on you know, stretching and, and bending the Constitution at the national level to get things done or relying on a weak Congress. It needs to be a translocal fight. The Democrats' refusal to listen to these friendly but critical allies, or mine, or politically incorrect voices, is the number one roadblock that stands in the way of forwarding the agenda, hands down. Until they listen to those voices, people will not only not come out to vote, they'll probably even continue to leave the party. Anyway, that's it for me today. I'm over time. My name's Jesse Chen. Thanks for giving me a few minutes to connect the dots, and I will talk to you next time.